KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. While scientists studied the mRNA technology that helped develop the COVID vaccine years before the pandemic, it felt like the actual vaccine was developed quite quickly. Even though for some of us it felt like forever, it barely took a year for there to be a massive vaccine rollout. So that got us thinking, what kind of progress is being made for a virus that's been around for decades, HIV? In the case of HIV, there are thousands of different strains and variants in circulation. So a vaccine that is efficacious needs to confer protection against those thousands of different variants that are in circulation. That, that's a big challenge. Dr. Amelia Escalano is an assistant professor at the Wistar Institute in Philadelphia, and she is working hard to face that challenge. What's been shown that works is it's a type of protocol that involves injecting different components of the HIV virus in a series. And the goal of this is to teach our immune system to gradually recognize the HIV virus in a broad and potent way. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, we talk about the intricacies of the HIV virus, what COVID taught us about immunization, and how close we are to creating an HIV vaccine. I think the last few years we've all been, when it comes to stories we read and medical news that we ingest, we were just so overwhelmed with everything COVID-19 for so long. I think HIV is one of those things that kind of got pushed to the side for the wide swath of the American community. But just because people aren't talking about it, this is not something that has gone away. This is still something very significant we're dealing with, no? Yeah, definitely. Uh, So what happened during the pandemic is that most of the researchers that have been working on the HIV vaccine design field found a good opportunity to use all their knowledge and expertise to push uh, the design of a vaccine against COVID. But definitely HIV infections are still a problem uh, worldwide. More than one million people are infected every year despite available treatments. And uh, there are like uh, almost 40 million people that have been affected by uh, by the pandemic at this time. So definitely HIV and HIV vaccine design uh, needs uh, further attention and uh, investment. Was it just a problem you thought needed solving? Was there something specific that drew you specifically to work towards an HIV vaccine? Yeah, so the lab that I joined for my postdoc was a lab that had a long history working on HIV, HIV cure, and they were also starting to focus their attention on HIV vaccine design. And this lab had very strong expertise on immunology too, and particularly on the study of B cells, which are the cells that produce antibodies. The the antibodies are the molecules that confer protection uh, against viruses and and other pathogens. So it was there in that environment where I thought HIV vaccine design was a real and fascinating challenge. HIV is a very complex virus. I would say is one of the most complex viruses that we are studying. And designing a vaccine against HIV is, again, if not the most, one of the most challenging endeavors that uh, the vaccine field is facing. So I think I was attracted by the complexity of the HIV virus and the complexity of the approaches that were going to be necessary to induce immunity against this virus. And we're focusing on vaccine, but as a layman, it seems we've gotten pretty good from a treatment Standpoint, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why HIV has faded from the headlines, is it is not the 
the death sentence that it was 30, 40 years ago. So am I correct that the treatments, and I don't want to present this as if it's not a big deal, but the, the treatments have gotten very effective? Yeah, you are absolutely correct. Um, so available treatments are very efficient. For example, the PrEP that reduces viral load. So viral load in circulation is undetectable. And that means that uh, an individual uh, taking a regular and incorrect PrEP treatment is not infectious. So it's safe. It's not going to transmit infection to other individuals. So that, exactly, you are correct, like that moved the attention from uh, HIV vaccine design. But that doesn't mean that it's not necessary, and a vaccine against HIV would be the best way to address this epidemic and is, again, the best system to, to confer protection against this, this virus. How far along do you feel you are in the process of developing an HIV vaccine? Well, that's a, that's a tough question. I don't think any of us uh, working on, it, on a vaccine against HIV has an answer for that. It's a huge community of people working on this. We have been working, in my case, more recently, but like, people have been working on this for um, 40 years now. I don't think a vaccine is close enough yet. Uh, so there is no vaccine protocol that is being tested currently in human clinical trials or not even uh, in other systems or in other ways. There is no protocol that is working so far. So from the time that we have a protocol that shows promise until that protocol is taken to the clinic and can be used, that takes many, many years. So I would not be able to to say at this point when we are going to have an efficacious vaccine that can be used, but it's many, many years away. Is the goal a vaccine as I think most people are familiar with vaccines. And I think everyone that went through the COVID vaccine protocol, you get a shot, maybe you get a shot six months later. Is that the goal to have something that is that simple or would it be more involved? Are you looking for one of the terms we heard so much about herd immunity? And I know the way HIV is spread is much different than than COVID. Like, would it be targeting communities? Like, what is in a perfect world, if you get to the to the end zone, what would it look like, you think? So what's interesting with HIV is that standard vaccination protocols, like the one that we have been using for COVID, that would not work. So that's actually one of my findings during my postdoctoral studies at Rockefeller. We show that for this virus, we were going to need a novel form of vaccination that we refer to as sequential immunization. This differs from standard vaccination in that it does not involve boost immunizations using the same thing again and again. So for COVID, we are receiving an injection, and then some time later, uh, some weeks later, we receive the same thing again and, and again, probably with like, like small um, variations. In the case of HIV, that's not going to work. What's been shown that works is it's a type of protocol that involves injecting different components of the HIV virus in a series. And the goal of this is to teach our immune system to gradually recognize the HIV virus in a broad and potent way. So I I like to uh, talk about this with uh, like making it like similar to sending a kid to school. So basically, when we raise a kid, like we send it to kindergarten. So then they receive 
uh, education, but it's like a very simple education. So we adapt the vocabulary. We make it easy for them to understand. Then they move to school, to high school, to grad school. So they receive sequentially and gradually more complex information that makes them at the end graduate. So we would say an antibody that can neutralize HIV broadly and potently, we call them broadly neutralizing antibodies or BNAPs, is like a graduated antibody. And that antibody has the potential to confer protection and neutralize HIV potently and broadly. So you would basically be trying to train the immune system? Is am I? Yes, exactly. That's uh, the correct definition. Like we are like trying to, to teach and, and train the antibody response to recognize the virus in the way that we want and recognizing the sites of the virus that we want. And uh, yeah, so we can have a response that can protect us broadly. What makes this so difficult? You reference, is it simply the complexity of the virus? Is that the kind of the, the root of why this is so difficult? Yeah. So, so there are many challenges when designing a vaccine for HIV. But like, I think that the, the, the main challenges that I find is, first, diversity of the virus is huge. So if we think about COVID and we are being talking about different strains, omega, delta, omicron, like a bunch of them. In the case of HIV, there are thousands of different strains and variants in circulation. So a vaccine that is efficacious needs to confer protection against those thousands of different variants that are in circulation. That, that's a big challenge. And the reason for that is because HIV mutates and changes very quickly, much more quickly than SARS-CoV-2. And that's also a problem because if we design a vaccine or a treatment, HIV has a huge and strong potential and capacity to escape from those treatments and vaccines. So it mutates so quickly that like, if we have an antibody response that targets a certain strain, that virus is going to quickly mutate and escape from that. So we need an improved immune response against the virus. That's a challenge too. Another challenge for vaccine design, specifically for HIV, is that the virus only has certain areas called epitopes that are vulnerable for uh, vulnerable or like we can use to neutralize the virus. So there are like five or six regions that have been described that if the antibody response, if the immune system targets those regions, we would be able to broadly and potently neutralize HIV and all the strains. So it's very difficult by vaccination to make our immune system to target those sites in particular and not others. So a big problem with vaccine design is that when we take that spike protein of HIV and we use it in a vaccination protocol, we inject it, the antibody response, the immune response, targets many different parts of that protein that we inject. And some of those antibodies that are triggered or that are produced, we call them bad antibodies because they interfere and, uh, and they, they block the production of the good antibodies that could be useful for protection. So there are like many details uh, in this, but I would say those are the three main challenges that are currently preventing us from having a vaccine for HIV. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Amelia Escalano right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth.
And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation about work to create an HIV vaccine with Dr. Amelia Escalano of the Wistar Institute. Do you know everything that you want to know when it comes to HIV? Are there still questions about the virus? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a um, pretty good understanding about the virus. I think, like, the the challenge and um, I think, like, the gap of knowledge, it is more related to the type of immune responses that are induced when we vaccinate against HIV or, or during infection so that, like, increasing knowledge in that direction would help us to design be- better vaccines. So, so, for example, one important point that, that is still not too much known is how we should design vaccines uh, that induce long-lasting uh, protection. So, for example, like again, if we go back to the case of, of COVID, we are annoyed that we have to go again and again and receive boosters to keep our protection and our immunity up, right? So that's, that's something that the vaccine field in general, not only the HIV vaccine design field, is still like investigating and, and it would be very, very useful to understand how the, the immune responses work, how our immune system responds to vaccination so we can design better vaccines in terms of durability. So some vaccines uh, confer protection for years, um, but for example, in the case of COVID, only a few weeks uh, after the, the booster, we are again being infected. So I think that's one question, that's one key question uh, that my also my lab is uh, currently investigating, and I think it would be a great advance uh, in terms of vaccine design. So correct me if I'm wrong. We just heard like the term when it came to vaccines with COVID-19, we heard your herd immunity and we wanted to get as many people. And it was important that we got as many people because that was part of what made the whole concept work. It doesn't sound like this would be falling under that type of circumstance. It would be more targeted towards groups that are high risk and wouldn't be dependent upon everybody getting vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. So so definitely I don't think this type of vaccine would be or for HIV um, would be necessary for the general public, but it would be more targeted to high risk populations. And actually, this is also an important question because I believe that in the case of the HIV vaccine, based on clinical trials that have been performed like in the recent years, I think having or developing a vaccine that confers protection against like the many circulating strains worldwide is going to be probably impossible. So I foresee that vaccines will need to be adapted per region. So different geographical regions have predominant strains. Uh, HIV strains can be classified in different groups or clades. So depending on the geographical area, there are predominant strains. So I I can see how vaccines can be designed, adapted to specific groups of population or geographical areas um, or continents, depending on the predominant uh, strain in circulation. The COVID-19 vaccine, it appeared to come quickly, but this was science that had been in the works for years, and it just all kind of came together at the right time with where we were in the pandemic. But does the appearance that this vaccine was developed so quickly, to the average person, does it make it more difficult, your work, just because people don't understand why it can't just happen in a couple months? 
Yeah, so this has been, uh, of course, like a, a point of, of debate and discussion, right? Like how the COVID vaccine was developed so quickly. But as you were pointing out, like it was not developed so quickly. So the mRNA technology has been developed for many years, many, many years, basic research in that direction. As I was saying, HIV research uh, is 40 years old and like most of the advancements and technologies and, 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 and expertise uh, that we developed while, while working on HIV was moved and used to to push a vaccine for COVID. So Yes, I think like the public has this idea that the COVID vaccine was developed very quickly, but there is many years of research behind it, many researchers, many teams working on it. So people should be reassured that like the vaccine was developed and with a big body and robust body of, of data and science. And yes, there is comparison between how quickly this vaccine for COVID was developed and how long it's taken for us to develop a vaccine for HIV. But as I, as I was saying, HIV is very, it's a very smart virus. It's a, it's a very complex virus. And that's why it attracts the, the attention and so many people like because it's a really good model. It's a very good system to learn about immunology. So SARS-CoV-2 is a very easy virus, let's say. So like it mutates. And so we have all those variants, but it mutates relatively slowly compared to HIV. And there are like only a bunch of strains. And then like basically there is a strain in circulation and we can be vaccinated against that one and basically we are protected against that variant that is predominant at the time. In the case of HIV, as I was saying, there are so many strains that could be a source of infection. It's a totally different level of complication when designing a vaccine for HIV. But definitely all everything that we learn while trying to make a vaccine for HIV and also for influenza, for example, in, in the case of influenza and flu, if you think about it, like after all these years, we still don't have a universal vaccine for flu either. So every year we have to go back and get, and get a new booster. So these two viruses are much more complex than SARS-CoV-2. So we were lucky that this pandemic uh, happened with a virus that is kind of easy to address. I don't think it has affected this idea that the public probably has that it was easy to develop a vaccine for COVID. I don't think it has affected negatively um, how um, people understand HIV. I think us scientists need to do a better job at sharing and explaining uh, what we do to the general public because at the end they are the ones that are going to benefit uh, from what we do. Was there anything in the development of the COVID vaccine, be it the science or the way everything was fast-tracked? Were there lessons learned in that that you are able to utilize, whether they be scientific or logistical? Yeah. I mean, like the, the pandemic, of course, was devastating, but it, it also brought like a lot of positive things. It like raised awareness about like weaknesses in the system uh, that we will address and, 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 and improve for, for potential uh, new cases like this. But like it was fantastic to see how the community gathered and worked together towards the same goal. It was like a great a moment to see how the, 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 the community collaborated and, and worked in the same direction. And it was definitely amazing to see how it impacted innovation, the development of new technologies, the development of new delivery systems for vaccines, how it streamlined manufacturing 
uh, distribution. So like there, like the pandemic brought a lot of good things in terms of how we think about vaccines and how to prepare for the future. So you've already put several years into this research, and it sounds like there are still several years to go. How do you deal with something where the progress is just so slow? What keeps you going and, and, and keeps your head up when you're plowing through something like this that is so complex and so wrought? Yeah, well, that's science, I have to say. So when I talk to my students or with people, like I, I always say, well, like in science, it's like frustration most of the time until one day your experiment or your hypothesis or what you have been working for like months suddenly works. And like that, that moment is so exciting. It's, it's so joyful and like exciting that that makes you forget all the previous frustration. I've been very lucky in my career. When I started working on HIV vaccine design, it was in New York at the Rockefeller University. And there, my studies were the first showing that actually a vaccine for HIV was going to be feasible. Like our uh, experiment, experiments like developing this type of sequential immunization, those studies were the first showing that this type of broadly neutralizing antibodies against HIV could be induced by vaccination. So that was a very, very exciting moment for the field and, and like it brought hope, hope to the field to keep in that direction. So after that, like I've been able to test that type of vaccination in, in different ways and it's been very exciting for me to see that that type of vaccination and that concept is currently being tested in human clinical trials. So in my relatively short career in HIV vaccine design, I've participated and contributed to design the type of vaccine protocol that was going to be necessary. And I'm seeing how that protocol is now being tested and having good results in, in humans. So yes, steps are slow, but in my case, in my career, I've seen a huge progress. So when I started, there was low hope, like uh, the field was kind of negative. And like that, at that moment, there were a, a, a series of discoveries and advancements in, in different uh, aspects of vaccine design that brought hope again to the field. And now we are closer than ever uh, to a vaccine. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.